Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals. Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise today. Welcome to Court of the Boy King. A Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast set in the Dum Dums by Night Universe. I am your host and fellow traveler into the world of undeath, Dr. Vladimir Acula. This series is produced by Logan Peters in partnership with Dum Dums and Dice. It features our resident storyteller, Tom McGee, and players Ryan LaPlante, Tyler Hewitt, Laura Elizabeth, and Logan Peters himself. The Coterie are about to wake up in a nightmare scenario, beginning their new adventure in the terrorizing chronicle known as The Court of the Boy King. All hail the Boy King, if you dare. Prologue. Back then. Every kid has things they want for their birthday. And on Ryder Grayson's 16th birthday, he had a pretty specific want. And growing up, the, the child of the famous uh, Grayson family, he, Ryder usually got what he wanted. Uh, his father, uh, Galen Grayson, uh, entered his room on uh, the eve of his 16th birthday uh, to, you know, try and make sure that, that Ryder actually got some sleep or so it seemed. Uh, he enters the room and, and finds uh, Ryder um, angrily turning off uh, his, his TV, uh, having just finished an amazing episode of My Name is Earl, but being slightly frustrated that this show about people working in an office was coming on. Um, Ryder uh, turns to him and just says, 
dad, this show blows. It's never going to take off and then throws the remote at him. Uh, Galen, being used to such things, catches it without missing a beat, uh, flicks off the TV and puts it down um, before uh, sitting down uh, on the, uh, the the couch next to his son. And um, Ryder um, bearing the, uh, the recent fangs uh, that he had grown uh, turns uh, to his father and just says, so, dad, it's my 16th birthday. That's a big fucking deal. Did you get me what I wanted or not? Galen, um, a, a tall, vaguely uh, Anthony Stewart head circa Giles looking motherfucker, uh, just pushes the glasses up the bridge of his nose and um, says, uh, well, yes, son, I, I did. Um, there's only one problem. Uh, you see, you know how we've talked about permission, you know, when you stay up watching TV too late or, uh, you know, when you yell at the staff a little too much or when you ask for things that just don't exist yet <laughs> that daddy can't get for you yet. Um, we talked about how sometimes it's best to, uh, to ask permission first and other times it's best to, to ask forgiveness. Well, um, you see, daddy did something and uh, he thought he'd ask for forgiveness instead of permission. And uh, he was told by some very important, um, very uh, scary people, people like, like you, like, like me, um, <clears throat> that uh, perhaps he should have asked permission instead. So, buddy, and he puts a hand on Ryder's shoulder and just looks him in the eye and says, uh, I know you hate this, but um, daddy just needs you to be patient. And with that, Galen drove his stake deep into his son's heart. Now, Anthony Jackson, you served in armed conflict. You trained as a soldier and you had the experience of, of watching uh, people you know die, people you knew survive, um, commit acts of tremendous heroism, commit acts of uh, tremendous horror. And there came a point in your life where you decided that you'd had enough of that. Uh, you'd seen uh, what happened to soldiers who stayed too long, uh, who could no longer um, re-enter the world, re-embrace uh, the civilian world. Uh, and seeing that, you, you gave yourself an out. And you took it. Retirement. Retirement. Something that few soldiers ever lived to see. And since then, you've been trying to make an honest go of it. You've been trying to live by example of the, the, the people that you deem brave, having uh, been forced into bravery several times yourself. And so the sound of uh, metal cutting through flesh and, and screams isn't entirely unfamiliar to you. Um, these dreams have, have happened before, and you're, you're not surprised to be having one again, Aside from the fact that you don't remember going to sleep, which is is perhaps uh, a little bit different. And then you feel something warm um, spray your face and the smell of it um, repulses and entices you in equal measure. Uh, and you blink your eyes open, realizing that you are not in fact asleep, uh, but rather uh, suspended um, from your wrists uh, by what looks like a meat hook and in front of you a person is being butchered uh, as they scream as a uh, a man in uh, a doctor's lab coat uh, with a bone saw 
um, just goes to work on them, wearing a, a seemingly uh, just completely out of place um, playing card uh, that seems to have been nailed into his chest. Um, as he saws, um, you can see uh, uh, it, it's a, a jack of clubs just being sprayed with blood. Uh, and as you open your eyes, um, you realize uh, that uh, the uh, the person that he, he's, he's cutting in half um, is is rapidly losing consciousness as their their lifeblood gushes from them. Um, and you can see that a, a card uh, nailed into them seems to have the shape of a diamond, um, just a three of diamonds, uh, slowly being soaked with blood. Uh, as you awake, you realize you have but moments uh, before uh, the mad doctor uh, turns his eyes on you. Uh, Logan, uh, please introduce your character and tell us what he looks like. Right. So I will be playing Anthony Jackson. Uh, as said by Tom, he is an ex-soldier. Um, he looks like if you were to take Sam Elliott's head and slap it on Tom Hardy's body, but give it a little bit more weathering, it's about where he falls. I imagine he has like the tattoo of like um, the Marines on his left arm, as most do. Uh, probably has airborne tags on there. Anything that he would have earned in the service is what he's got now. Um, Great. Yeah, I think that's it for the most part on his end. Okay, fantastic. So um, you are... Uh, how does uh, how, how does Anthony dress um, just sort of in his day to day life now? Uh, I'd imagine it's it's probably pretty rustic. So he he probably has like really faded jeans that he wears a lot. Um, still probably wears combat boots. Uh, probably like a plain white shirt underneath, and then um, like a, a camo like a camo jacket, but with the sleeves rolled up to about halfway up his forearms. Okay, cool. Um, and the little cap. Yeah, gotcha. So you're you're in familiar garb. Um, it uh, it definitely looks like what you you remember w- putting on this morning, even though it's it's worn a bit. As you kind of quickly uh, glance around um, your body, you can see that it's 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 rumpled in a way that I think would sit really ill with with a military man. Um, but uh, almost like you've slept in it. Um, but uh, uh, sure enough, uh, as you look down, um, you see um, an ace of diamonds uh, has been uh, seemingly nailed into your chest as well. Um, you're astounded by the lack of pain, um, but you're also not sure whether that's adrenaline. Um, having been in an active combat situation, you are fully aware of what adrenaline can do uh, to the human body. Um, but uh, it's um, it doesn't feel the way that you have felt when you have, have been injured uh, similarly. Um, as you look up, um, you see... Uh, uh, the doctor um, just uh, hacking away and you think you can hear voices shouting uh, in the distance. You realize you're in um, what looks to be a, um, uh, it, it's like an odd dark room. Um, so like a, a small kind of boxed in room. It's very dark. Um, you can f- see pretty well though, which is strange to you. Um, it almost reminds you of how you'd feel wearing night vision goggles, but um that would seem to be impossible, but everything that's going on is impossible. And honestly, I think your brain is likely just taking in details as what do I need to know to survive? Great. Now I'm going to go rather than like, what's going on here. Right. Um, the, uh, the walls around you um, seem to be uh, painted black. The floors are black. The ceiling is black. Um, but there also seems to be some kind of odd, um, almost like a Pollock style painting um, that seems to be uh, 
sort of on all sides uh, of you, um, seemingly kind of glowing in the darkness um, that you notice as it is sprayed by more blood. Um, there are, uh, as you look around, the doctor is, is hacking away at someone. There is a doorway out of here um, that seems to just lead out. There's a, an odd mist kind of rolling in um, that, uh, again, you know you're inside, but there does seem to be some kind of mist. Of course, your first instinct is to make sure it's not smoke. It doesn't seem to be. It's an odd smell that you're unfamiliar with. Um, but you notice that there is uh, one other person chained up in here with you. Um, and as you look around, you, your eyes kind of land on um, someone on the far wall um, who uh, seems to be actively um, trying to undo her bindings. Uh, and from looking at her, you can see that uh, her wrists, uh, like yours, are bound in a zip tie. Um, and the hardware that she's hanging from seems to be like a, think like the the kind of hook you'd put on the back of a truck. So less a meat hook and more a towing line. Yeah. Um, as you're hanging from it, it felt very much like a, a meat hook situation. But as you see her, this clearly isn't, a slaughterhouse um and it's completely uh incongruous to the room as well like bright silver clearly just purchased clearly not sort of of this room um so uh as your eyes kind of um find her she notices that you've finally woken up and uh laura who are you um my name uh is eleanor bigby um i am a woman in her mid-30s I am like basically like an Elizabeth Debicki type. So like I'm like a little over six feet tall and kind of wayfish um, dressed in like uh, it's, it's very like, I don't know. It, it's almost cliche. Like she's got like black kind of like tight fitted pants and like a black kind of satiny shirt with like a black fitted blazer over like mm -hmm. she's kind of she's kind of ready for anything gotcha. um could go business could go casual could go for a run you got all bases covered exactly exactly she it's they're sensible shoes though awesome yeah i mean i assumed i, I mean I, black you were going with like very the jurassic shoes, park like, like i'll just wear heels to run from the t-rex situation yeah she's yeah. not no 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 right. she she is actually ready for anything i said jokingly but she is are they sneakers <laughs> for sneaking um, they are a, a sneaker type, probably a little bit more flexible than your average mm. sneaker. Awesome. Love it. Um, great. So, um, uh, Anthony, um, you, uh, lock eyes with, uh, Eleanor who seems to be pretty focused on, on getting the zip tie undone. Um, but as is often the way can kind of feel your, your eyes on her, uh, Eleanor, you see, um, red eyes, uh, staring at you, uh, from through the mist um, the doctor uh, does not seem to have noticed yet as he continues to hack the uh, the other person in half. Um, they seem to, uh, that person seems to just be like, I think like almost a standard office drone, like wearing uh, khakis. They've got like a button up shirt on. Um, there seems to be kind of like a lanyard with a name tag um, just clipped at their belt. Uh, but uh, their, their previously well-starched white shirt is rapidly turning red as their uh, viscera soaks through it. Um, Anthony, um, what do you say to get Eleanor's attention or do uh, you gesture? You, don't, you also don't need to say anything. It's up to you. I was going to say, how much noise is the person being cut up making right now? A lot. Like an unreasonable amount, given that, um, based on like 
the fact that this guy is like sawing across the body. Um, this person should be fucking out. There's absolutely no reason this person should still be alive. So um, it's like a law-abiding citizen where he's got them all tied up and is just like going through them. Yeah, kind of. But also like it's it's just strange to you because like any any sound body person you would know would be unco- like would have passed out from shock by now because like this person is fucking soaking the pl- like it's a sam raimi level of blood okay um, um i would say i just like to add then that eleanor is like very clearly like gritting her teeth okay cool um so anthony how would you get uh uh eleanor's attention uh I think given that you said that like anybody that he knows, especially like seeing like field medics and stuff like that would be out. This only like elevates his stress levels and like whatever's going on here is not stuff that I need to be going through and seeing somebody else on the racks for him is like, okay, I potentially have an ally here. Let's see how I can go about this. So at first he'd probably just like, I think he'd rattle his like the zip ties and like how his hands are and like try to rattle the chain a little bit mm-hmm. to see if he could get her to look without needing to say anything. Right. right but if right. that worked, obviously he would he would uh he would try to like whisper to her and uh, okay. draw our attention that way. Cool. Um, I will say uh, you do notice um, that uh, she also has a, a playing card. Um, however, um, yeah, I think also just straight up nail to the chest. I think that's just going to be the, the motif. Um, it uh, is um, the Jack of Diamonds. Um, all right. So, Laura, um, I'm going to have you roll to see if you pick up on on uh, Anthony's. I know we've mentioned you kind of looking down. I think the best way to think of this is that you've been kind of darting your eyes down kind of both to the the doctor and to the other guy who's chained up just in the hopes of like, I need to keep my eyes on this situation. You know, it's the classic yeah. saw problem where it's like, oh fuck, I got to get out of here, but also got to make sure, you know, what's what. Um, yeah. So uh, the way dice rolls work in this game is we're working uh, from a D10 system. Um, the way it works is uh, when I ask for a skill check, um, I'll often just dictate to you which two skill pools I'd like to see you put together. Um, if I, as the storyteller, am uncertain about anything, what I'll likely do is ask you, how do you think um, Eleanor would go about this? Because there's ways that like me as Tom McGee would do it. There's ways that you as Laura would do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't want to prescribe, unless the situation is very clearly like, I want to kick down the door. It's like, okay, well, that's athletics. And it's like, could I use drive? It's like, no, you can't fucking use drive. But in certain <laughs> situations where it's like, I want to get through the door. It's like, okay, well, are you trying to break it down? Because that's athletics. Are you trying to pick the lock? Because that's, you know, I don't know, streetwise or subterfuge, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, when uh, called upon to roll these sorts of dice, what you're going to do is put together a dice pool um, from your uh, attributes. So that is your physical skills, your social skills, your mental skills, uh, as well as your actual skills. So if it's athletics, for example, you'd be using strength, dexterity, or stamina, depending on the situation. If it's, I want to run a marathon, give me that stamina. If it's like, I want to break down the door, that'd be strength, so on and so forth. Um, Please do feel to contest these as we go. Um, The style of vampire we do on Dum Dums by Night is a little bit looser than, uh, I think is very much to the spirit of of what uh, fifth edition vampire is going for, but is a little bit looser um, just because it's easier for my brain. so if you're like, actually, I really think it would be this for me. Totally fair. Please feel free to ask. Uh, if I need it to be something else, I'll just tell you. Now, there's okay. one other catch to this. 
which is hunger dice. So the way hunger dice work in this game is uh, hunger dice represent um, the uh, slow decline um, into uh, succumbing to the hunger that, that lives within all kindred. And though neither of you knows it yet, you have both been embraced and are uh, newly born uh, kindred, uh, so newly born vampires. Huh. Um, so Laura, um, I'm going to have you ro- roll what's called a rouse check. Now, normally you do this at the beginning okay. of a night um, as you're waking up to kind of see how hungry you've become, how much the beast is, is like, you can imagine the beast. Uh, I always think of the beast in kind of like Babadook terms where it's like, how loud is that thing banging on the door? Being like, go fucking eat something. I need you to eat something. Um and then, you know, you just treat it because mental illness is manageable if you do the work, Babadook. Um, so let's go with uh, straight rouse check. It's just a single D10. Okay. Just pass fail. Um, if you fail, uh, you become hungry. Uh, if you succeed, you're still good. You got enough carbs. from. Okay. So basically I want a six to a 10. That's correct. Okay. I got an eight. Fantastic. You're not that hungry yet. Yes. Uh, you're good. You, you had a big lunch. Uh, <laughs> so, Laura, in terms of noticing um, Anthony rattling the chains, let's go with, please, um, I'm going to want awareness. Yes. And I think wits, but I would also okay. take resolve. Uh, I would... I would pitch resolve. Right. That makes just sense. Just because I think she's the type that would, um, even though things are like quite hellish, I, I, I think she has kind of that fortitude to like, she's been through enough shit that she's like, even when things are um, kind of off the, off the rails, she's like aware of her op- that there's, there, there will be an opportunity. Sure. And so she would work through it. And I think from the way you've described her, like um, in uh, in our session zero, which if you haven't listened to it, you can either uh, go check it out now. It gives some background into the characters and how we built them or wait to the end of this episode and then kind of go back and be like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Um, but I'd also say that based on the way you've described her, I kind of imagine like in a 127 hour situation, she, she'd be the one who's like, fuck yeah, I'll just cut off my arm. It's fine. Like th- that there yeah. is, is that resolve to like, I will survive this. I, I don't know what this is, but like I'm getting out. So fuck you. Uh, so I buy that. That's great. Um, okay. So if you want to build your pool with those, please, you don't need to include any hunger dice because you're currently at okay. zero uh, because of your dope roll and the situation we're in. Um, and yeah, go, uh, go ahead and roll please. So I'm rolling basically the number of dice, uh, corresponding to the number of like, um, yes. Of, of those two, uh, those two little levels dots, or whatever. like dots, dot lines combined. Okay. All right. So representing of course your, your attributes. So just how good physically you are at certain things. And then also what you've trained for. Okay. And then, okay. So I've got them. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Six or more is a success. That's the win. That's the win con. Okay. So h- how do I like ca- so, ca- count um, these? Or so basically, <laughs> what do I do with these? <laughs> yeah, um, so all I need you to do is tell me how many you've got uh, above, like six or above. Um, I will have set, uh, similar to Dungeons and Dragons or other such games, I will have set a difficulty check in my head uh, okay. that you won't be privy to. Um, you go ahead and roll. You tell me how many successes you got. And if you can beat 
the uh, the difficulty rating I gave it, then you've succeeded in your task. If you haven't, I'll tell you, and you can burn willpower points to try and uh, get a better result. Um, we're going to limit the use of those though, because in blood and syrup, we'd like never really use that. I think because I forgot to tell anyone they could, and we just haven't. And it means that everything is narratively a lot more high stakes because there's really no way to change it. Uh, which is honestly, I think how, how vampire really sings. So go ahead and tell yeah. me uh, how many you got. Even in the rules, willpower can't affect critical things or combat. So yeah, good. I got, I got two. We got two. Okay, that is just enough. Um, oh, so you, you match. Uh, a lot, match a lot of twos were rolled. Ugh. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, the nice thing is this isn't quite life or death yet. So that's <laughs> dope. Um, so you notice um, uh, Anthony rattling his chains. I think for you, it's just, uh, it's a sound that's drastically different. So immediately you're, you're um, uh, you see a, a, a burst of um, like a bright, uh, bright purple and blue, um, so brilliant it almost hurts your eyes. Uh, mm -hmm. And as you're you're um, wriggling away at at your your bonds, uh, you can't help um, but follow the color uh, to the uh, rattling chain, and from the rattling chain uh, down to the man hanging from it, who, as we've described, is a Sam Elliott type uh, with a with a sweet sweet Bane body. Um, we're going to say that the doctor is distracted enough. Um, he's hit collarbone, which is like taking some real sawing. Um, so he's working uh, on that right now um, just to kind of try and get down to that rib cage where he's aiming. Um, so you have a, a brief moment uh, to kind of try and whisper converse. Um, Logan, you said uh, uh, you wanted to try and communicate uh, to Eleanor. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to get you, sir, to roll me a... Let's go with um, stealth and composure, please, uh, to represent um, trying to convey detail clearly, but also quietly. And I think composure makes sense for me, for Anthony, based on how you've described him as just kind of like, I don't think he'd be trying to be slick about it, just very like, 100%. This is, this is what it is. Uh, we have four successes. Amazing. Okay. Um, I mean, you're going to be able to say what you want to say regardless. Uh, <laughs> doctor, um, you just uh, hear him say, Oh, collarbones, so easy to break and yet so hard to saw. This head start is barely worth it when you have to deal with... I'm coming! Give me a moment, please! He yells over his shoulder out the door to um, the voices you can hear outside. Um, and then uh, just kind of um, cracking his, his neck back and forth. He's like, you can do it. And then he just starts sawing again. The guy just starts screaming just as loud as he can. Um, uh, Logan, uh, what does Anthony say to Eleanor? Uh, I think after the whole like neck crack thing, he's like thoroughly like, okay, like we, this is, this is pinnacle. Like I, I got to get out of here. Um, so seeing that she, she's, uh, Eleanor is looking over, he, he like, lower his head a little bit not that it would do much and just be like you got any ideas because we really gotta get out of here um and i think um i just say like i i whisper i'm like yeah the idea is to go back in time and not get into this fucking situation that's idea number one idea number two I don't know. I don't know. I have no fucking idea. 
we cut to um, a uh, a room full of pillars, um, hanging uh, similarly from recently installed chains are um, uh, two people um, wearing um, subway uh, sandwich outfits um, who are. Um, just kind of like uh, their mouths are taped up and they're just kind of like um, wriggling uh, desperately trying to kind of get out of their chains. Um, and um, out of the, uh, the the darkness and then the mist, um, you can uh, see a there, there comes a figure um, just kind of uh, dragging a two by four uh, with a nail in it. Um, and, uh, she, um, looks like a, um, like kind of a, a slightly, uh, harried, um, like working mom. So like in like an impeccable, like gray pantsuit, um, her hair is done like better than it has any right to in this kind of like gruesome situation. Um, she, uh, her makeup is like smeared, um, kind of roughly, uh, almost looks like war paint. And uh, as she walks up to um, these uh, two subway employees um, struggling to, to get free, um, she just kind of like throws her head back and just like breathes deep. Uh, just says, uh, you know, every time I walked by one of your sandwich joints, just always made me hungry, you know, just smell the bread. And the bread never tasted the way it smelled, but mm, did it smell good. And honey, I got to tell you, you smell a lot better. Um, and she just thwacks one of them in the chest, um, reaches up, cranks his head back and starts, uh, plunges her teeth into his neck. Uh, from the shadows, Tyler, uh, you observe this and uh, the thoughts you had of um, just helping out, you know, these guys seem to not want to be tied up. Um quickly uh, evaporate from your mind as this woman um, just goes to town drinking this uh, this helpless person. The other one starts kicking at her, trying to get her away, but she just holds up an immaculately uh, manicured fingernail and kind of like a hang on. Like, you'll get your turn, pal. Um, Tyler, uh, who is lurking in the shadows? Well, that'd be Enzo Roditore. Um, he is a rather ghoulish looking fellow um he uh he looks uh uh quite similar actually to the the classic hollywood film character nosferatu um he is hairless um and pale save for his dark bushy eyebrows he's got big big eyes uh no nose to speak of whatsoever just two holes in the middle of his face uh and his lip is is drawn up uh, revealing uh, a number of uh, pointed teeth. Um, he is wearing clothes that you could describe as uh, procured. <laughs> um, his pants are, look like garbage. Uh, he's wearing a winter coat just because it covers most of his body, his pale, uh, uh, sickly, gross body. Um, and he has no shoes. He's just barefoot. Um, and that is that is the third party looking on this uh, this gruesome scene. Great. How tall is he, Tyler? Um, he's not impish in stature or anything like that. He's he's probably sitting at a comfortable I don't know five ten. He's average. Okay. Um, 
as uh, as you watch this this gruesome tableau play out, you your hands still um, keep kind of touching your your lip and your teeth um, and and your nose. You haven't been able to stop touching your face since you woke up a few moments earlier. Um, it just it it's such a such a, a a stark difference from from what you're used to, and at the same time, it somehow feels right, even though it feels strange. Um, so uh, though you can't help kind of running your hands over it, you're not panicked. It's just so, it's like a light switch went off um, mm. to some extent. Um, that said, uh, as grateful as you've always been for your your aptitude with small tools. Um, the fact that you were able to uh, put um, some of your, uh, your your just kind of standard, um, we'll say like you have like a bracelet of of sort of small clockwork tools that you just kind of keep for for emergency tinkering situations mm-hmm. um, that uh, you were able to use to kind of decouple the uh, the hook uh, from the chain and then thus kind of weasel your way out. Um, so, um, watching from the shadows, you you observe um, one of these people get get killed, um, and uh, the uh, choosing to remain silent and remain in the darkness. I assume, yes. Um, your hands uh, eventually slide uh, kind of down your face um, to the uh, the card uh, that's still nailed into your chest, um, the King of Diamonds. Um, hearing um, some sounds of, of screams and, and sawing, uh, your eyes are drawn to a, uh, a large room um, beyond uh, these, these dark s- pillars. Um, you seem to be in kind of an industrial building. Um, the uh, ceiling seems about uh, two and a half stories tall. Um, and these, these pillars are just sort of square support beams that seem to reach up. Um, Aside from the uh, the subway employees um, being feasted upon by uh, the woman with the two by four, um, as I described for the other characters, uh, the walls are, are spackled somewhat, uh, and there's an abundance of mirrors which um, have been partially responsible for for preventing too much action from you, as you've been kind of catching uh, distorted glimpses of yourself and and kind of contending with that. Uh, you're not sure what this space is um, or how you ended up here, but through the gaps between the pillars, uh, you can see a crude bright red diamond uh, spray painted on uh, a wall uh, with a, a door cut out of it beyond which you can hear the screams. So leaving the, um, the subway employees to be eaten fresh, you uh, begin slinking uh, through the darkness uh, in the hopes of, of discovering um, some allies against whatever the fuck this is. Um, meanwhile, uh, in the room that you left initially, uh, Tyler, um, there was another figure that you didn't notice. So distracted were you by the intricacies of your hook, uh, that you, uh, merely, uh, extracted yourself and, and, and made your way out. But, uh, there was a, a, a kindred who was slower to awake, um, Ryan, uh, your ears are uh, assaulted uh, by the sort of uh, thumping uh, bass of a song you vaguely remember. Um, uh, the 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 singer just keeps saying uh, 
something in English uh, about wanting uh, to be someone's girlfriend um, and seems to be like really confused as to whether or not this person like really goading this person on just constantly saying, don't you at them. Um, and you, you vaguely remember it, but it, it, it's, it's so long ago. Like you're not sure why you're hearing this. Um, but it's this song that, that slowly brings you back to consciousness. And that's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, Ryan, um, who wakes up? The gentleman who wakes is Gaston Marche. Uh, he he looks like exactly what he is, which is probably a slightly too smug, slightly too successful intellectual type. Uh, imagine Andy Daly at the age of like 24 or 23, but with the same haircut and glasses, only he's dressed like a tech you know tech guru kind of asshole like you know ten thousand dollar suit uh but instead of the shirt under the blazer he's wearing like a t-shirt with you know some sort of like chinese slogan on it that he may or may not understand but was definitely very expensive and you know converse with the batman symbol all over them that are probably one of a printing of like five that are in silver or something um and he is not used to this environment at all. He looks as out of place as Andy Daly would in this environment. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, so uh, you you come awake to uh, the, the throbbing bass of the Pussycat Dolls um, that uh, seems to, to fill the, the small enclosure you're in. As described before, small room. Uh, unlike the other ones, part of the reason that... Um, uh, Enzo didn't see you is the center of this room is a what seems to be a uh, trapezoid of some sort made of mirrors so uh, think like a, a triangular prism um, just so basically just like three mirrors like I don't know glued together to make a triangle um, so you're staring back at yourself uh, and you look a bit rough uh, you know what this suit is supposed to look like because uh, you saw it in GQ uh, and that's how you've been trying to, you know, uphold it. So it looks rumpled. It looks like garbage. You would never wear this given the opportunity. Um, also, your symbol of courage shirt, you assume, also slightly rumpled and a bit dirty. And given that it's a white shirt with like, you know, a, a, a kanji character like printed on it, like when it gets dirty, it's trash to you. Like t-shirts yeah, was- are meant to be disposed of, not... He was look. aiming for a Mark Ruffalo look, not a Kiefer Sutherland look. And he's really fallen into the second category. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just like, we just got to keep you away from Christmas trees for the rest of the episode or else just pow. Um, right. Okay. So, yeah, you and you look a little disheveled. Like, I imagine as someone who kind of takes care of their appearance, um, looking, uh, looking a little bit rough. Um, but um, amidst the, uh, the, the, the breaks in Doncha, um, where, you know, they, they stop to let you consider whether you wish your girlfriend was hot like her, um, you can hear screams um, and you can hear uh, sort of uh, sounds in the distance. Uh, you think you hear a gunshot um, echo out. Uh, and I think given, um, given kind of how much stimulus you're getting, you also um, can hear someone tapping a mic which I think is something you, you recognize from like the plethora of events you've been to. Uh, professors do this all the time. Academics do it all the time. Events do it all the time. So that like thum, thum, thum is so fucking familiar to you that when you hear it um, over top, layered over top of, of don't you, you realize that something's up. But regardless, 
you don't want to be hanging from this fucking hook anymore. Um, also, in the reflection, you realize that uh, something off about the character on your shirt, uh, and you realize that some asshole had the nerve to nail a fucking Queen of Diamonds into you. Uh, and now that your symbol's all fucked up because there's blood and stuff. Also, like, why cards? What do you do? Um, just be like, where the fuck am I doing this? Uh, and he just like try to shake himself off the fucking hookies on it. This is the awkward, like, not fit guy trying to like swing it to like get some leverage to bounce himself off. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go with dexterity then for real um and i'm gonna say maybe maybe streetwise sure i think that makes sense or i'd give you survival (laughs) that is one success uh okay so you, you start to like really like actively work work to wriggle off and um like Gaston couldn't do this on his own normally. Like this isn't a skill, you know, it's it's like when I attempt anything at a gym, I'm like, <laughs> no though. Um, and yet uh, you find it, it working uh, for you better than you thought. Um, it, it, it at the time likely seems like luck. Um, but uh, you, you manage to like sort of like um, wing yourself up and off. Uh, if you were thinking too closely about it, you would realize that um, these this situation wasn't really meant to keep anyone suspended for very long. But uh, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking about how you're free. Um, so you hit the ground, and uh, outside um, you can see you see just the tail end of the two by four to the chest, um, and then you see a a figure creeping towards uh, a door. Um, you can just see kind of the the blinding whiteness of the back of his head. Um, that uh, actually seems to be glowing, um, a uh, like a, a uh, sort of a, a weird purplish color um, as uh, as he moves through the darkness. Uh, and you notice that he's entering a room with a diamond uh, spray painted on the wall, similar to the one on your chest. And he'll look at the diamond on the wall, and he'll look down at his chest, and he caught the murder, which has like fucked him up a fair bit because this is not the world he lives in day to day. And he's like, "It is a better day to." be a diamond than the sandwich artist. Uh, and then he'll just kind of follow the diamond path in the hopes that <laughs> that does not involve being murdered. Great. Um, as you uh, step towards the uh, diamond path, uh, you trip on something uh, that clatters, but luckily it clatters uh, during uh, don't you? So like just blown out by, by base. Um, <laughs> you look down and find a four-foot-long medieval sword. Dum-dums and dice would like to welcome you into a world of darkness and vampires with Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast featuring Ryan LaPlante as the gangster Ridley Beef, Tyler Hewitt as the conflicted detective Everett Fry, and Megan Miles as the poet Iris Dunn with storyteller Tom McGee. Join these newly turned vampires as they try to take control of Montreal. But all is not as it seems, and as their humanity slowly slips away, they are forced into increasingly dangerous situations as the streets of the city run red with blood and sticky with syrup. Abandon hope 
all ye who listen here. New episodes available weekly. Ha, ha, ha. It's fucked. Okay. Uh, uh, and he'll just like pick it up and it looks as awkward as you would imagine, but he's going to take it with him anyways because he just saw somebody get murdered. So he's not really going to question, oh, there's a weapon. Like he's seen horror movies. He's aware. Gotcha. Um, meanwhile, back in the diamond room, um, the, uh, the the music shifts um, barely heard over the the screams echoing off the walls. Uh, you hear the uh, the growly uh, tones of Chad Kruger uh, asking you uh, to look at this photograph um, and explaining how you know he feels about it and the 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 laughter and mirth he receives from observing the the photograph. Um, as uh, as the the doctor uh, seemingly starts to hit like like that that collarbone gave way so like we're we're like into the chest cavity now and uh, the other person's still still just screaming up a storm um uh anthony uh eleanor uh, has just unveiled her master plan for escaping to you it involves dying presumably um how do you react um I think he'd he'd look at her and like because he's used to like people are in danger tactical assessment execute the plan that's sort of like his like mentality and then her like hitting him with the I have no clue how about we never get in this position to start with he's like you would uh, I, listen I appreciate your mirth but we really gotta get out of here <laughs> and I, I think it, I think realizing that this is she's probably like. He might have thought at the beginning, like, oh, maybe she's also like prepared for stuff like this, realizing that she she also doesn't have a way out. I think you said it was zip ties holding us up. Yeah. I think he'd he'd try to like just flex and bust out of there. Bust out? Great. Go yeah. ahead and roll me a strength and I'd say athletics or brawl. <sighs> or survival. Oh, we're taking brawl. Every single day of the week. <laughs> Tuesday brawl day. Wednesday Tuesday. brawl day. Thursday rest. Friday broad. <laughs> uh I've got seven successes. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, well it's a shame Damn. they used like yeah. 8M zip ties because you needed eight to be there. Um <laughs> you flex so hard the doctor dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh Dracula himself is walking by outside and a zip tie just comes by and fucking pegs him straight through the brain yeah. and he dies. Uh, all vampires turn down. to dust. Jerk your arms down to like bust out. You just end up pulling the hook out of the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) I think for him, this would be like, okay, like I've done zip ties before. You know, I, if I flex hard enough, I think I should be able to get out. But like him being like newly enhanced, he's probably like, "Eh," and just rips it too hard. And it's like, oh, well, that was a lot easier than anticipated. (laughs) uh, You, you briefly remember um, uh, your drill sergeant who uh, at the time you were training, uh, insisted that zip ties would never be a thing. It was a lot of like, if you want to restrain someone, you use a pair of goddamn handcuffs. Um, and then, you know, like someone from HQ would just come over and be like, uh, yeah, uh, listen, uh, uh, sorry, Sergeant Pendergast, you're really going to need to, you're going to need to train them on the zip ties. They're going to be a thing real soon. And he's like, goddamn zip tie. Okay, well, Put on the handcuffs and then put on the zip ties. Get out of both. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, this with, with Pendergast's grizzled visage in your face, um, from all those years gone by, you, you flex and the, uh, the zip tie just cracks like it's fucking done. Um, and, uh, uh, Anthony, you, you drop to the ground. Um, your hands are free. Um, Eleanor is still working at, uh, getting free. Uh, the doctor is, um, uh, like stops mid saw. Um, and for a second, it looks like he's going to like, just turn, like wheel on you with the saw. But then uh, you just hear him say like, I haven't heard this song in ages. It is awful. I didn't think the sounds of your screams would be so comforting, but really by compared to the alternative. Also, um, please do me a favor and die. This is unpleasant for all of us, but like, maybe after this song hmm? and then just like back to song and uh back back to screaming i'm getting real like rick traeger vibes from this dude <laughs> like big time i mean do with that what you will um so logan uh you've gotten free um your uh, anthony is uh he's on the ground uh the doctor isn't paying any attention um and uh yeah uh eleanor is still trying to get free what do you do uh keeping with like the tactical assessment there's strength in numbers two of us versus one of him in his eyes better odds so he'll he'll wander over uh as like silently as he can with all like how shell-shocked he is about this scenario and and look up at her and be like so you still want to do fucking nothing or maybe you want to give me a goddamn hand here i didn't say i didn't want to do anything god I think it's going to be like a real like Shrek and Fiona thing where he's just like, all right, on the shoulder, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm imagining she's stepping on your shoulder to like, like both of you are doing the motion of getting her down while bantering. Yeah, that's great. The Shrek Fiona metaphor works fucking delightfully for me. Um, I think it very much is like, well, she's all like, I didn't say I didn't want down. And she's like, all right, come on, come on. Like, yeah, like just step like, on the face. Like, oh my God, it's my eye. <laughs> Yeah, the doctor's just like, I can't believe he married Avril Levine. I mean, good for him, bad for her, like sawing away. Um, so the two of you are now free. Um, as uh, as Eleanor, you you step down perfectly silently because your shoes truly are prepared for anything. Mm -hmm. um, a, a a purple glowing man steps into uh, the uh, the doorway, uh, and as soon as he steps through, the glow disappears, and instead he just looks like this weird. Voldemort Dobby motherfucker. Um, but um, you notice immediately the card nailed to his chest and the fact that he has a finger up in a shh. Um, Tyler, um, you enter. I assume knowing what you look like, you're taking that into account when you meet people for the foreseeable future. Would that be fair? Um, or even just, is this a stealth thing or is this like a... I think... I think his... his desire to to be pleasant kind of shines through i think like a, yeah a, a finger to the lips for like quiet but then also just like a quick little enthusiastic wave of like hi like just <laughs> <laughs> just right. like i'm friendly kind of yeah kind of yeah wave. yeah okay awesome so uh eleanor uh you get that you see the card on his chest um you're you're you know you're quick on the uptake you kind of get what's going on um, how do you react to uh, seeing uh, Enzo Roditori for the first time? Um, I think I'm just in a fair amount of shock right now. 
So I, I mean, there's just so, there's so much like assaulting my senses at this point mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I don't know that I'd register that there was anything strange. I don't even know if I'm That's like fair. seeing people's faces right now. Yeah. You know it's, worth, I mean? uh, it's worth noting, uh, dear viewer slash listener that, uh, Laura is playing a, a Malkavian, um, whose, uh, view of the world has been colored by, uh, synesthesia kind of unleashed. Uh, so yeah. as a result, um, yes, I think that that kind of makes sense. Like the way you're perceiving him is so skewed by the amount of input you're getting. Look, the sawing like, alone. Yeah. For not those to mention who may the music. not know, what is synesthesia? Um, so there are different kinds, but it's generally when uh, you have one, like uh, the stimulus of one sense, which then triggers like basically a perception of another sense. So in this case, it's like when I hear something, I will see colors and shapes. And does that like block out your vision or is it just like flavoring? Is it like a filter it's, over the world? Yeah, it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I can still see what's in front of me. Um, but uh, that's kind of what it was like before I... I was embraced. Before you were so embraced. So now it's I like would a, say now it's, it's a party. been it yeah, it's it's a little bit more disruptive. Gotcha. Now I would okay. say. Yeah. Cool. No, I like that a lot. So um yeah, I think we it's safe to say you like wave him in after you kind of uh, take him in. Um the three of you are uh facing the uh the doctor. Uh screams have not abated. This person will not fucking die. Um uh, what do you do? Uh if, if we're all together, uh, Enzo will just say, uh, just like in like a hushed voice, um, say, uh, Buongiorno, my name is Enzo. And we are, uh, we are diamonds, yeah? Yes, I look at your diamond, look at my diamond. Is this a man over here with the hacksaw a diamond? Uh, I'm guessing I'm guessing the person who is free and uh and currently cutting someone to bits is probably I don't know a bad diamond. Either way I think we should probably kill him right now. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh and uh <laughs> and Enzo will uh looking around is there anything strewn about this room that could be Used as a weapon. Uh, go ahead and roll me an investigation and uh, wits. Uh, while you do that, uh, Logan, how is Anthony feeling about this? Let's immediately murder the murderer plan. Uh, well, considering that the the two that suggested it so far, one he barely knows and is a bit of a loose cannon to start with, and the other one he's assuming is a party goer from the party that's out there. So he's like, oh, well, he's just dressed up. So whatever. <laughs> Honestly, he was captured. <laughs> it looked like he was about to be sawed up next. He's probably so gung ho for this that he's like, he's looking at himself and then back at the, the hook. And it's like, I wonder if I could stick him on there kind of thing. Like if I could pick him up and put him on there kind of. Okay. Go ahead and roll me an athletics or, or sorry, a uh, strength and brawl, please. Okay. Uh, Tyler, what'd you get? Two successes. Two successes? All right, great. 
Uh, okay, so does it matter if they're tens? Like, does that increase anything, or is it just it another success? It does. Okay, so, so. Uh, you don't have any hunger, so it won't be a, a messy success, unfortunately, uh, which is what we have come to call uh, critical successes here uh, in uh, Dum Dums by Night. Um, but uh, if you get two tens, uh, that will count as a uh, as a critical, just a straight critical, um, not a messy one, but a straight critical, which means you will generate two additional uh, successes on top of what you've already got. Sheesh. All right. So I, uh, this is my best stat, so I promise I'm not making this up. <laughs> so we have no, one, two, three, four, five successes normally, but four of them are tens. Um, all right. So, uh, Tyler, um, you, you find a rock and like, this is a particularly good rock in your history of putting things together and taking them apart. Like this is the kind of rock you'd be worried about dropping a watch on. This is a watch cracking rock. So by that logic, it might also be a head cracking rock. Now, sure. It is roughly the size of a, a strawberry. So it's not very large, but I mean, you know, even the smallest things can truly make a difference. Um, you pick up the rock and turn very proudly to show it to your companions and you see the following action. Uh, Logan, describe how Sergeant Anthony Jackson impales the doctor on the hook. Uh, okay, so I think he, 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 watches, um, he watches the newest participant that he doesn't know his name of quite yet, uh, probably because he was too like shocked as it was, scurry over and then pick up the rock. And he looks at that and he's probably like, yeah. He's got a bigger head than the rock. Looks over, <laughs> looks over to looks over to the person that he rescued, and was like, "She isn't looking for anything." And then looks back at the hook and is like, "It's go time." Um, and does like a one of those like combat rolls, and as he's rolling with his like bottom heel, kicks out the doctor's back leg, and then from like his like like slightly like lurch position. Um, gets up in front of him and tackles him with everything he's got and tries to like slam him as hard as he can on this hook. This is like his like I do or die. Like if I, I feel like if, if for him it'd be like if I didn't get this right then I'm I'm gonna die. Amazing. So you rush just fucking bull rush this guy through, and it's it's just that that like fucking the hook comes out of his jaw. Um, you can see uh, the doctor's eyes kind of go wide uh, as his arms are flailing, just soaked in gore. You can barely make out uh, his, his playing card anymore, um, but just like soaked in gore, kind of like waving his arms around with with um, the the bone saw um, before uh, gradually kind of like going limp, but still conscious and like struggling a, a little bit like a, a fish who's been brought into a boat, just being like, maybe, oh, probably <laughs> not. Um, and you can see uh, the, the long fangs um, uh, on his jaw and um, small stone bounces off his head. <laughs> uh, the, the stone hits him in the side of the head uh, and his eyes roll up into his skull and he goes limp. Um, at which point, uh, behind you, uh, you hear a commotion. Um, Ryan, uh, can you roll me a stealth and composure check, please? Uh, dexterity. No, maybe composure. Let's go composure. One success. Great. That works well for my intro. Um, uh, there's a commotion behind you as um, a man in an impeccable suit 
comes roaring into the room, um, staggering backward, holding a sword out in front of him with two hands, like a baseball bat. Um, <laughs> and uh, chasing him is uh, the uh, the woman in, with the two by four, who actually stops at the door um, and kind of like looks to the right, looks inside, and goes, "Oh, diamonds." see you at the finish line motherfuckers um and then she leaps into the air and disappears uh what the fu- uh the, like from outside not uh, inside the room oh i was like no 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 okay <laughs> yeah yeah no she's she leaps up uh and, and disappears um i think eleanor would still be have a what the uh, this is understandable there's, there's just a lot yeah. that just happened um gaston with your sword up uh you spin uh to take on the next possible combatants uh and you see the the weird uh caillou looking motherfucker that you followed um <laughs> and uh and two new companions they all have uh diamond cards though what do you say to them Right, based on the conversation she just said and everything else, I think we're the team diamond. This is some sort of gladiator arena, and if we don't team up, we're all fucked. Hey, muscle daddy, do you know how to use a sword? I think he's in like full combat stance. Like, uh, no. Well, fuck, I guess this is mine then. So <laughs> you lead the way. We all got to win, and I promise all three of you right now, if you get me out of here alive, I will protect you for the rest of your fucking days. Uh, and with that, um, the loudspeaker crackles to life, um, and uh, you hear um, a voice say, Ha-ha! Welcome, motherfuckers, to the best birthday ever. That's right. It's my super dope 16th birthday here at Laser Quest. And I got to tell you, I'm super glad you could all be here. Uh, I'm really excited uh, to meet some of you. Whoever wins, uh, listen, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of catching up on stuff lately. And I got to tell you, I've seen some fucking great movies. And this Battle Royale thing and this Hunger Games thing with that chick with the knockers. Great. They're great fucking movies. So that's what you're in right now. It's the fucking Hunger Games, bitches. Here's the deal. Whichever team wins gets to come serve as my right hand. If anyone else in your team dies, you're kind of fucked. So make sure everybody gets through, all right? But listen, whoever wins, you get to come work with me. It's going to be fucking dope. My name is Ryder. This is my birthday. Enjoy! Uh, And then uh, Gold Digger by Kanye West comes on, just blaring um the laser lights in laser quest kick up uh you realize that more dry ice is being pumped in uh to add uh the smoke uh and uh anthony just when you think things can't possibly get any worse um you see the distinctive red glow uh of a laser sight uh begin to trace across the entry of the door at which point an assault weapon opens fire Court of the Boy King is produced by the devilishly handsome Logan Peters in partnership with Dum Dums and Dice. If you want to produce your own show with us, you can do so at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. This episode features Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter as Gaston, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Enzo, Laura Elizabeth at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eleanor, and Logan Peters at Mr. Ugius Boogius on Twitter as Sergeant Jackson. 
as well as our storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hamstra, and our show logo was created by Del Borovic at Deltastic on Twitter. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and our Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. All hail the boy king. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Great Dane, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.